I have the distinct privilege and blessing to introduce our witness tonight. My friend Daniel Clifton is going to be sharing his message. Uh, you might see him running around with a couple of boys as he helps them in their ministry here at the church. He's also an extraordinary photographer for, for us and for many things, and he's a journalist. You might know his wife, Sherry, as well. If you don't, you might meet her sometime. <laughs> but Daniel Clifton, would you come up and share your witness with us today? Wow. Thanks. Um, I wasn't hoping, I don't, wasn't planning to follow Nick. That's going to be hard to follow. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm here to tell you about my Holy Land visit that I won last summer with a, a group. Um, the question is, where did I encounter God? And I'll admit to you that I wasn't really excited about going to the Holy Land. It, it wasn't one of those things that was on my bucket list. You know, of all the things to do, all the travels, it wasn't it just wasn't something, the idea of going on a tour, on a tour bus, getting on a, off the bus, hurry, let's go see this, get back on the bus, let's get down the road to the next one, really wasn't something I thought was very appealing. Um, plus it meant I'd be missing my, the annual trip to North Carolina where my mother-in-law lives and, and I spend hours walking and hiking, exploring out there, and plus my mother-in-law, she's actually pretty cool. <laughs> just don't tell her. Yeah, last summer I found myself in the Holy Land, and I must say it was one of the best experiences of my life. It's probably one of the, it'll go down as one of those life-changing trips you hear about, and it, and it truly was. And yes, there were lots of other tourists in lots of areas where you'd get on the bus, hurry, packed into a bunch of people, wait in line, see something, get back on the bus to make the next trip. But it was a lot different than I expected Israel is actually a very beautiful country with mountains that are pine, covered with pine trees. And there's lush farmlands. And of course, there's rugged deserts. But throughout the country, with its complex history and equally complex modern story, are these places of Christian, Jewish, and Muslim history. And the topic for the testimonial witness is where did I encounter God? Well, looking at this, all the places we visited and how much they touched me, maybe the easier question would be, where didn't I encounter God? Surely I encountered God at the holy sites, especially the ones with a significance to us Christians. Places such as Bethlehem, the church, Bethlehem and the Church of the Nativity, the place that tells us the tradition that Jesus was born. And it's one of the oldest continuous and operating churches in the world. Surely God was there. Or the Silver Star. That's not the Holy Family. <laughs> That's Chris and Wynn, no matter whatever Wynn tries to tell you. It's where Mary laid the baby Jesus in the manger. And to look at these places and have that wonder and awe. You know, others found, encountered God in these places and still do. Or how about the garden tomb? One of the places that some believe Jesus was laid to rest after his crucifixion. The very place he rose again from the dead. And it's a beautiful place, a garden. If you'd be there, it'd be what you expect with when a garden, beautiful, quiet. We even took communion in the garden of tomb, near the garden tomb. Um, but many, then there's the church of the Holy Sepulcher. And many believe this is the site where Jesus was crucified and his tomb, where he rose again. 
They believe that this was built, this church was built on the, both the Calvary and his tomb. And why wouldn't this be the place to encounter God with the ornate decorations and all the people that are gathered and waiting to take a glimpse of the tomb and this holy site? But how about Jacob's well, which was a very special encounter for all of us? This was a place where the Samaritan woman pulled water out of the well for Jesus to drink. The very place to think that we got to remember our baptism at this location. Surely we'd encounter God there. And speaking of baptism, what about the Jordan River? The very river John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And once again, we remembered our baptisms. And of course... I'd have to have encountered God along the Sea of Galilee, the place Jesus called his first disciples, those fishermen, those lowly fishermen. And what did he tell them? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So many places, so many sites. Surely I encountered God along the way. And I did. But it's not a where or a what. It was through a who. Let me introduce you to our guide, Mike. (laughs) He's the purveyor of water, the best watermelons in Jericho. But Mike would usher us from place to place, seemingly without with so much unlimited energy, and always had the smile on his face. He'd urge us along just enough to keep us going, keep us together, always making sure that each one of us was enjoying the trip. And he somehow, I swear, he remembered all of our names. And it may be because we had name tags. <laughs> I didn't. I lost mine. But on the surface, Mike was just doing his job, right? He's a tour guide. And the thing about tour guides in, in Israel, you're licensed. So you have to go through a school. You can't just hang, get a business card, hang out a shutter one day, and just start touring. And it's a pretty, it's, I think he said it was like two years. But... So he could have been just doing it for his job, right? And there's probably hundreds of licensed tour guides in Israel. And occasionally during a break, I would kind of edge over to listen to some of the other guides, you know, just to see what they're doing. Many were good. They knew their things. But they weren't Mike. You see, Mike would come alive at each stop. He would get into it so passionately and share the stories. It didn't matter where we were if we were at Megiddo, which is an ancient, ancient built place with crumbling rocks, or Jacob's well. He had a way of telling them and then tying it all together in our faith. You know, you could go some places and it would be just a pile of rocks, almost, just old. But he brought it together. It was during a stop in Jericho, though. We were having lunch and I couldn't help but ask Mike, Why did he have this passion? I mean, he could just get away with just doing it, you know? Nobody's really going to know the difference. He paused a little bit, and he thought about it, and after all those tours, nobody apparently had really asked that question. It turns out, several years back, Mike had almost lost his career. He ever thought it was over. It was one of those times when the Palestinians and the Israeli government were having issues, so tourism had pretty much faded away. And if you could get a job, you had to take it. But Mike was also struggling with his eyesight. For some reason, his eyesight was deteriorating progressively. It's kind of hard to tour, be a tour guide, if you can't really see to help people along. And in this, he's he's married too, and he has kids, so he's got to worry about keeping them, um, you know, taking care of them. And I think his parents helped out the best they could. 
And Mike really didn't share this with too many people at the time, just his immediate family. So it's not like it was known to the rest of the tour guides or to anybody. At some point, a group approached Mike about leading a tour. He wasn't too sure because his eyesight was fading, and it was going to get worse. But he needed also a job. He thought and prayed about it, and then after some serious prayers, he said he took it, not really knowing sure how he would do it. Well, if you're getting, losing your eyesight, you go check with your doctor. And the doctors weren't really, they, they made some suggestions, and one was a procedure, just go get surgery. So Mike was, well, that's probably what the best idea. So he's going through this time, and he's probably struggling, like some, many of us do. And he's, on the, he's walking on the, he's on the street of Jerusalem, and it's Jerusalem, for you don't know, there's the old city, and then there's a the very modern city. And so he lived in the part of the modern city, and he's standing there, and he's wearing sunglasses, so he can't, it's just regular sunglasses. But he notices a man or somebody passed in front of him. And one that took a few steps, and he stopped. And he turned around, come back to Mike. And Mike was thinking, well, he's just going to ask me directions. But the man says, I know you're hurting. I know you're not feeling. Something's wrong. Remember, Mike hasn't told anybody, and this is a complete stranger to him. And so the man asks, can I pray with you? Mike says, sure. And so they prayed. And his surgery's still coming up. But as it goes, his eyesight gets better without the surgery. Eventually, doctors determined that his, his vision was back, and he was able to take that, make that jump to the next tour, well, Mike grew, you know, Mike grew up as a Christian. He's a Palestinian Christian. And, but, it was but it was through his faith, coupled with the stranger, that God healed him. You know, he was able to lead the tour group, but he knew that something was different from that moment on. While he was still, while before, he did a really good job of share, on the tours, sharing God, the stories, and the history. He saw something new. He wanted to become more than just a tour guide. It now became his calling, his mission. It became a chance to really share Jesus' story with others. And not as simple as a tour book way, but with a passion and belief that only comes through his faith. See, Mike didn't see us as tourists anymore, but as pilgrims. Pilgrims on a quest. A quest to find a closer relationship with Jesus and to encounter God. And he worked every day to see if we could do that. To make sure that we were trying to, he was helping us encounter God and build our faith. It's interesting that throughout the Bible and even outside, God often turns the most underappreciated, overlooked, and unassuming people to carry his message forward and take it out into the world. I mean, isn't this what, just what Mike was doing? Wasn't it just his job? No. It was through his faith in Jesus and God, for me at least, that brought the Holy Land to life. I mean, the buildings and everything was wonderful. But do you really truly encounter God through a building, maybe? I think sometimes it was us being there as a group together in that community, in communion, where we found God. It was through Mike's love, for, through pilgrims like me and the rest of us, 
where I first really came to encounter God. And so part of my experience and encounter isn't, is to encourage you to make that trip to the Holy Land and experience our story, our Christian story as a group, for yourself in the very places that Jesus taught. 